Hey, how's it going, Last Cast's family? I hope y'all are doing well. Um, if you have been participating in our day of prayer and fasting, I hope that's just been a time that has just been uh, beneficial to you and your family. I hope it's been a time that has just been edifying to Christ ultimately as just we pour out our hearts to our Lord just with the requests we have for our country, uh, just with our governors, just with healthcare workers, with just us as a people in church. And so I really do hope it's been just a beneficial time for that. And so I'm so glad to be able to continue that day of prayer. We thought it'd be a great idea between Pastor Kenneth and myself to combine the sermon tonight of what we're preaching on and what we're going to be studying and just what uh, just this day of prayer as well, that we just saturate this day in prayer and just our pursuit of Christ through all of this. And so if you are new to this, we're continuing our sermon series tonight. It's called Kingdom Minded, where we are studying the Sermon on the Mount. And we are studying how what does it mean to be a true follower of Christ? That if we have repented of our old way of living and we have turned to Christ and have turned to him, we are now living for him. So what does that look like to be kingdom minded and live for him? And so tonight what we're going to be looking at is we're going to be looking at Matthew 5, 6. Looking at, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. So if you have your copy of God's Word, if you want to open it up to Matthew 5, 6, that way you're ready when we jump into that verse. And as you're opening up your Bibles, getting ready for that, I want us to kind of think about the, the whole reason why we are praying for a country during this time. Is we're, is we're lifting up these praises because of just this virus that has come through. And as, as Pastor Kenneth said this morning in his devotional, it was the best of times and it was the worst of times. And how now that this quarantine has come in, this virus has come through, and this quarantine has been put into place, it, is, it has forced us to be able to slow down. It's forced us uh, to have a lot of stuff removed from our lives. And it's given us plenty of time to evaluate. It's given us plenty of time to evaluate these things in our lives that have been taken away. Is how much time and money and effort we're replacing in these things that was taken away. Sports, school, the ability to hang out with friends, for some potentially job or or cutting in financially. None of them seriously evil things, but, but we need to compare that to how are we prioritizing that in comparison to where Christ is in that. Is, is Christ the above all, end all thing that we place at the center, that he is the center of all these things? And so what I want us to look at tonight is this overarching question of do we desire Christ more? Do we truly hunger and thirst for Christ? So that no matter what happens, no matter what happens with this virus or what happens in life long after this, That we worship a God who gives and takes away, but he stays the same yesterday, today, and forever. And that is who we place our hope in. And so we're going to look at blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. Because the reason we look at it is because as we, as fallen, sinful human beings, we are prone to desire and pursue ourselves more than we want to desire and pursue Christ. That we want to glorify ourselves more than we want to glorify Christ. That we want to seek what's best for us more than what's best to advance Christ. We want our kingdom come and our will to be done. Rather than Christ's kingdom to come and Christ's will to be done. But what I want us to look at is the main point of this sermon tonight I want us to understand is this. Is that the gospel commands us 
and empowers us to desire and pursue Christ more than ourselves. And so if you are following along on on those notes that were sent out, it says under main point is this. The gospel commands us and empowers us to desire and pursue Christ more than ourselves. And so we're going to be looking at that verse tonight. And like I said, we are in Matthew chapter 5, looking specifically at verse 6, where it says this. This is the word of the Lord. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be satisfied. Let's pray real quick. Dear Lord, just thank you so much for tonight. I pray over this day that those who have been praying and fasting, I pray that even though we might have hunger pains, I pray that instead of longing for food more, we long for Christ more. I pray that we long for his kingdom come and his will to be done more than our own. I pray that during this time, not only during this just season that we are in, but beyond this, that we will pursue Christ wholeheartedly. That as we go through this, no matter what happens, that we desire Christ more than anything else. That we desire Christ more than these these longings that, that have been taken away. So I pray over these next several minutes, I pray that you will just hide me, your servant, behind your cross. Hide me behind your word and let your word speak for itself. That it is your truth that is proclaimed. It is your gospel that is made known as only you can. So I pray you will free us up from any distractions. That if we are watching maybe on a laptop or a phone or a TV, that that'll be the only screen we are focusing on right now. And that we just listen to what you have to teach us tonight. So help us focus. Help open our minds to understand and open up our hearts to receive what you have to teach us tonight, Lord. It is in Jesus' precious name we pray. Amen. So if you have been following along in this sermon series, as we go through right now the Beatitudes of what the attitude of a follower of Christ is supposed to be. We see two different things at the beginning of each verse and the end of each verse. We see that there is an attitude that we are to have as followers of Christ, and that we see that there is a blessing that comes from having that attitude. And so tonight, for those of you that are taking notes and following along, it's our main point number one. The attitude that we are to have is we are to desire more of Christ. We are to desire more of Christ. How it says, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. But, but we got to understand, what does it mean to hunger and thirst? And, and basically, both of these have the same meaning. It's this, it's this physiological desire to, to eat or to drink. But underneath all that is the same term. It's to desire. That's hunger and thirst. We desire. And what are we desiring? We're desiring righteousness. And so we're desiring more of Christ. We're desiring the righteousness that we are pursuing. And what righteousness means, it's an adherence to what is required for a standard, specifically a moral standard. That we're understanding is that as we desire Christ more, we'll want to live for Christ more. We'll want to be, as it says in 2 Timothy 2.22, where we no longer desire youthful passions, but instead we flee from youthful passions. And instead, we are pursuing righteousness, love, peace, all of these things, and pursuing it with other people who are pursuing these same things that call upon the Lord with a pure heart, that we're all growing in this together, that we are pursuing Christ, that we desire Christ more than these things. 
So if it says this, if the attitude we are to have is that we are to desire Christ, that we are to pursue Christ more than ourselves, we need to ask these questions. Do we desire Christ more than we desire sports? Do we desire Christ more than we desire school being back? Do we desire Christ more than we desire ourselves? Are we using our time wisely during this quarantine to put off these pursuits, these youthful passions, and instead pursuing more of Christ's righteousness, faith, love, peace? Now, I'm not saying these things are inherently bad. I'm not saying that sports or school or any of these things are inherently evil, but that we need to make sure Christ is at the center of all these things. That we don't let these things that God has given us and God has placed us in overshadow God himself. That instead we are using these as avenues to not only pursue Christ, but make him known in these areas. And so we are to pursue righteousness. And that goes in accordance with what we've been seeing over the past few weeks is this progression of the Sermon on the Mount. As we started this last week some, and so we're continuing again this week, and you'll see it in your notes, is this whole progression of the Sermon on the Mount as it goes like this. We see in Matthew 5, 3, where it says, Blessed are the poor in spirit, which meaning they recognize, we recognize our sinfulness. And then there is Matthew 5, 4, where it says, Blessed are those who mourn, meaning we mourn over sin, the sin that's been in our lives, the sin that we see infect others, that people are living lost in sin, and we see the brokenness that sin causes in our world, and we mourn over sin. The next one is Matthew 5, 5, as we saw last week. Blessed are the meek. So we see how we are spiritually bankrupt. We see how sin affects other people. And now we are to turn to Christ and respond to Christ. And now we look at it tonight, Matthew 5, 6, is that we conform to Christ. Is that we are desiring Christ. We are, we are thirsting and hungering after his righteousness. And so with that, we want to live for Christ, which means we'll conform more into his image and the people he has called us to be. A way I would kind of, an illustration I would give to to help us understand this more is the picture of marriage. This beautiful picture of marriage. How marriage is a picture of the gospel. How that if we truly, uh, that we truly love our spouse, then we'll want to get to know them more. And that we'll want to just uh, pursue their needs and put their needs before ourselves. And that the more you get to know the spouse, the more you'll love your spouse. The more you love your spouse, the more you'll want to serve your spouse. And the more you'll want to put their needs before your own. And the more you serve them and put their needs before your own, the less you think of yourself. And in fact, the more that you get to know your spouse, love your spouse, serve them, put their needs before your own, think less of yourself and and more of them as you do this in conjunction, as you pursue Christ, you'll see that you even take on more likenesses of each other. They become on more one, like one another. And many of us, that is so much with us, with Christ, that as we know Christ more, then, then we will love Christ more. And as we love Christ more, we will want to pursue him more. We'll want to, to glorify him more than we glorify ourselves. We'll want to pursue him and make his name known. And as we do that, we will slowly start to take on things of how he lived. We'll start to live for him more and be able to make him more known. Is that, that is how we're to be, we're to pursue Christ. Because here's the thing, is that the gospel, when it truly captures our heart, when it truly captures our heart, it just stirs the desires within us. So when we see our spiritual poverty, we realize our need for Christ, and we're to repent and believe. Then when we see our need for Christ, we mourn over the effects of sin in the lives of others and in the world around us. 
And then we mourn over sin and see our need for Christ, and we will turn to Christ for guidance and transformation that only He can provide. And then we become captured by the grace of Christ, and we desire to live for Christ. So when the gospel transforms our hearts, we desire to understand the gospel more, live out the gospel, and proclaim the gospel. It's because our eyes are open, and our hearts are transformed, and our very soul yearns for Christ. And that is because this, as it says in your notes, the gospel stirs and satisfies the hunger and thirst of our soul. This gospel stirs and satisfies the hunger and thirst for our soul that we see, that we see our brokenness, and we see our need for Christ. And that as we, not only does it stir the desire knowing that we need Christ, we become more like Christ, it also satisfies at the same time. Knowing that we can lean in more and more. We're leaning into the eternal Christ. That we're becoming more like him. That the thing is, we believe in Christ. We are indwelled by the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit lives to glorify uh, glorify Christ and conform us more into his image. Uh, The fancy terms I'll kind of say, these big theological terms you might hear is justification. And justification leads to sanctification. Justification meaning that, okay, we have understood our sin. We understand our need for a savior. How we are lost in sin is only by repenting of our sins and believing on the Lord Jesus Christ. And we do that initially. Then we are justified in the sight of God. That, that we have been given the righteousness of Christ that cloaks over our sinfulness. And that is what Christ sees. But now that leads to sanctification. Now that we know that we have been saved by Christ, we now live to serve Christ. We now want to pursue him. We now want to become more like him. We now see our need from, and we no longer want to live for ourselves, but live for Christ. We no longer want to be earthly minded, but kingdom minded. As it says in Psalm 42, 1 and 2, where it says, as the, deer, as the deer pants for water, so our soul longs and thirsts for the living God. That, that as we see the beauty of Christ and we see our need for Christ, we want to live for him more and our soul thirsts for him, knowing that we thirst for the living God, knowing that he will satisfy us. You know, help us conform more into his image. And so let me ask us this. Do we desire to know Christ more and to make him known? Or we desire for ourselves to to people know more about us and to make ourselves known? Do we desire Christ more than we desire our sins, our old way of living? Do we desire Christ above our own very lives? Or do we try to hold certain things back? Do we try to say, do we try to treat it like cafeteria Christianity where we say, okay, okay, I want some of this and some of this and some of this, but I don't want that and I don't want that and I don't want some of that. Christ, you can have all these things, but not this part. This part is for me. But instead, we are to to give everything to him as we pursue him, full out all abandoned in pursuit of our Lord and Savior, pursuit over the living God. How it says in Psalm 107, uh, verse 9, how it says he satisfies the longing soul and fills it with good things. Because here's the thing, only Christ satisfies. This, this desiring in our soul is only satisfied by Christ and his finished work on the cross. No amount of good works will be able to do that. No amount of money or sports or social media followers, anything will satisfy. We could gain the whole world yet forfeit our souls. These will just tire us out more and have us leaving us longing for more and feeling empty. Because these things that we look at, as in a book that I've read by Matt Papa called Look and Live, by looking at the glory of Christ, what it means is these things are scattered beams of God's glory. 
that sports, that school, that jobs, all of these things aren't inherently evil. But again, what they are is they're scattered beams of God's glory. They're, they're part of creation that are pointing us back to the creator that we are to live for, that made us, that known us, that died for us, and that longs for us to return back to him and live for him. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. Blessed are those who hunger. Jesus says in John 6, 35 through 37, how Jesus says he is the bread of life. That when we come to Christ, we shall not hunger. That whoever believes in Christ, they shall not thirst. That whoever comes to Christ, he never casts them out. Blessed are those who thirst. How Jesus said again in John 7, 37 to 39, says, If anyone thirsts, come to me, come to me and, and drink from me. Believe in me and that they will be indwelled with the Holy Spirit that produces rivers of living water. As it says in Matthew eleven twenty eight 28-30, how it says, uh, All of you who are weary, who are worn, who are labored, heavy laden, come to me and I will give you rest. For my yoke is easy, my burden is light. That if, if we are truly tired of these pursuits, we can come to Christ and find rest for our souls. When we repent of our old way of living, repent of our sins, believe in him, but pursue him. And that he will give us rest knowing that we no longer have to run to these empty wells, but we can run to the well of living water that never runs dry. So are you tired? Are you weary? Are you heavy laden? Are you worn? Come to Jesus and find rest for your souls. Come and eat this bread of life. Come and drink from the fountain of living water. And as it says in Psalm 34, 8 through 9, it says, come and taste and see that the Lord is good. And have your soul satisfied that you will lack in nothing because of Christ. That when, when, our, when, when our hearts, when our souls taste and see that the Lord is good, our eyes are opened. Our hearts are transformed. We long to live for Christ. That we will have this attitude that we desire more of Christ. And that when we have this attitude that we desire more of Christ, then it will lead us to the blessing that it states in this. Our second main point, the blessing is this, is we become more like Christ. Is that we become more like Christ. That is the blessing that is promised in this. It says, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be satisfied. They shall be satisfied. That our souls will be satisfied because we pursue Christ, knowing that he will satisfy our souls. That will become more like him, but we desire more like him because we know there's more things we can put off. We want to live for him more. And we can continue to lean into Christ more and more and more. That the way that he can handle the weight of our souls. Now, for some of you, your Bibles might say those who are blessed are those who hunger and thirst for justice. Some of those translations might say blessed are those who hunger and thirst for justice, for they shall be filled. And so what it means by justice is that is certainly understandable when we desire Justice. When we look at the world around us and we just mourn over the effects of sin, we mourn over the injustice that occurs around us that we see, is this will lead us to not only desire righteousness in our lives, but righteousness to, to be in the society around us. That we desire righteous living to not only rule in our lives, but rule in the lives of those around us. We see that we can be quick to ask God, what is he doing about that around us? What is he doing about the evil we see around us? 
Because the same sin that infects the world around us is infected in us. And we need the restoring grace of Christ in our lives. Because the question we need to ask ourselves first is not, okay, what, what are we doing about the evil around us? We need to first say, what are we doing about the evil within us first? Is that we need to address that important part first. The same sin that infects them is the same sin that we're dealing with, that we're slowly trying to put off and put more on Christ. That as servants of Christ, yes, we long to see the restoration and transformation of the people and the world around us. But we must long for the restoration and transformation of ourselves first. And ultimately, we will be filled and we will be satisfied when justice is given and when righteousness reigns, when Christ returns and restores everything and reconciles everything to himself. But we must understand as it starts with us, that, that, that it needs to start with ourselves. We mourn over sin and hunger after Christ. We will pursue more of him. And when we pursue more of him, he will transform us and conform us more into his image. And as we are being more conformed into the image of Christ, we will represent Christ and live for him more. And as we live for him more, we will proclaim Christ more. And as we proclaim Christ, the same Holy Spirit that drew us to God and that continues to work in us to conform us more into his image, will draw other people to himself and work within their lives. So if we truly desire transformation, if we truly desire to see transformation happen, then we must start with ourselves. Then we must start with ourselves. A couple of illustrations I would give for this. One is, is training. Maybe, maybe we want to train for something. We want to become better equipped, better, better at something. And it can be easiest for us to focus on others and see how advanced or lacking some are in these things. It can be easy for us to give up. We might not see results overnight when we try these things, but we keep training. We keep moving on or we keep going forward with this. Next thing you know, we might not see till long down the road how far we are, how far we have come and how it pays off. How we become more well advanced in something. It could be a skill. It could be training something. It could be trying to lose weight. Though we pursue these things, we might not see it initially. But in the long run, we look back and see the progress that has been made. And when people see that progress, that can encourage others who also want to come alongside and pursue that as well. And we get to come alongside them and help them as they pursue these things. How that can be a thing about us with our relationship with Christ, that yes, we might see other things going on around us and it can be very quick for us to be discouraged. Very easy for us to want to give up and say, what's the point? But we can start with ourselves. We continue to train and pursue Christ and allow him to work in our lives. Allow the Holy Spirit to conform us more into his image, to live for him. That we are slowly, day by day, putting off the old way of living, putting on the new self, living for him. And we might not see results overnight, but later down the road, we might look back and see the progress that has been made. And that might encourage others to see this transformation and long for that. And we get to point them to Jesus and come alongside them. We get to help them along through this, whether it is a person wanting to become from an unbeliever to a believer or help a believer that is struggling and help encourage them along the way. Another illustration I would give is, is running a race. Is running a race. When we run in a race, it can be very easy for us to get distracted by what's happening on the sidelines. It can be very easy for us to focus on those things. It can be very easy to get distracted by what's around us. But when we run a race, we are to focus on the finish line. We're to focus on what's ahead of us. We're to continue to put one foot in front of the others. We pursue that. A way I'll describe it is Hebrews 12, 1 and 2. 
where it says, uh, now that we were surrounded by this great cloud of witnesses, let us run this race with endurance. That we're surrounded by this great cloud of witnesses, those that have gone before us, that have pursued Christ and lived a well life in pursuit of Christ. We see that. We see how Christ has been faithful and how Christ has used those people in the areas he has placed them in. That we're surrounded by those great cloud of witnesses. And as we see that, we're to lay aside every weight and sin that can so easily entangle us. We're to lay aside all those things, not be distracted by what's on the side, not be distracted by what's around us, but focus on ahead, looking to Jesus the author and perfecter of our faith, the starter and finisher of our faith. We are to look to Jesus. We're to focus on him. That as we focus on him, those things around us will just fade in comparison to him. That as we pursue Christ, we'll grow more like Christ. We have blinders on in pursuit of him. And as we do this, we will see other people that we can invite to come alongside us in pursuit of him. So let me ask us this. Are we more focused on the transformation of others Are we more focused on them? Do we desire to see other people transformed around us? Do we desire for others to know Christ and are pursuing Christ at the same time? That if we long to see transformation around us, we must start with transformation within ourselves. We must be, as Luke 9.23 says, we must daily, daily deny ourselves, pick up our cross and follow Jesus. That every single day we are in pursuit of him. Daily, we deny ourselves, pick up our cross and follow him. Not when things are most convenient, not just on Sunday morning, not just on Wednesday night, not just let's say on a mission trip, not once in a while, not when we're on the mountain high or the valley low, not when things are great or things are awful, but every single day, deny ourselves, pick up our cross and follow him. We will see transformation happen. And as we slowly see transformation happen within us, that will lead to seeing transformation that happens uh, outside. It goes from inward to outward. That, That inward transformation leads to outward proclamation. That is only when we strive for Christ, look to Christ, that we will see our lives transformed. And as we see our lives transformed inwardly, then that will lead to change outwardly. It will lead us to our speech, our conduct, everything else to be saturated with Christ. And we're able to point others to him. That we have such an inward transformation that we can't help but go out and proclaim it outwardly. That we go out and proclaim it to others around us. That in turn leads us to be witnesses for Christ. That we're able to go out and say, hey, come and taste and see that the Lord is good. Hey, are your souls weary and worn? Are you tired of pursuing all these earthly things that never satisfy? Come to the well of living water that never runs dry. That we're able to be witnesses for him. That this outward proclamation leads us to preaching the gospel in all aspects of our lives. All these things that that we might prioritize above him, we place Christ above all at the center of these things. That now we're able to go into our workplace. We're able to go into school. We're able to go just into our jobs and into the shopping and everything else where we might rub shoulders of people into the public and proclaim the gospel. The way we talk, the way we act, the way we interact with others. As that we are living out 2 Corinthians 17 or 5, 17 through 21. How it says, if we are in Christ, we are a new creation. The old has passed away and the new has come. That we put off that old way of living and now we are a new creation. And it says, now that we have been restored and reconciled, by the gospel, by the message of reconciliation, which is the gospel. And now says, now that we've been restored and reconciled by that gospel, we have now been given the message and ministry of reconciliation. 
to go out and be ambassadors for Christ, to represent the kingdom, to live out this righteousness that has been imputed upon us. And we're to represent him. And then we're proclaiming to others, imploring others to return back to God. That we say, as it says in 2 Corinthians 5, 21, he made him who knew no sin to be sin so that we might become the righteousness of God. This is our story. This is our song. This is our ministry. That we have been captured by the gospel. We've been made a new creation in Christ. We have been reconciled by God. We have been saved by Christ and we are now sent out by Christ. That we're to proclaim the gospel to others. That yes, we will be satisfied knowing the more we lean into Christ, the more we become like Christ. That, that the more we proclaim Christ, the more we will see him be exalted and glorified more than ourselves. And ultimately, we will be satisfied and we see Jesus' kingdom come and his will be done more than our own. That when we truly pursue Christ, we hunger and thirst for righteousness. We will be satisfied. We will be filled. We'll become more like Christ. And we'll proclaim Christ to those around us. And watch as just as the Holy Spirit drew us back to him and transform our lives, we will see the Holy Spirit draw those back to him and transform them. And ultimately, we will see when Jesus returns that he will right every wrong and he will restore everything and reconcile everything back to himself. So let me ask us this. Are we pursuing Christ more than we are pursuing the world? Do we desire the things of Christ more than we desire the things of this world? Are we desiring, right now in this quarantine, are we desiring to spend more time with Christ or spend more time on Netflix? Are we desiring to spend more time in our word and in prayer more than we are desiring, let's say, to go on social media and see what's happening? Are we desiring God more than, let's say, the blessings of God? Are we desiring those things? And as we see, then we truly desire Christ. We truly pursue him more than those things. We will truly be satisfied. We will truly be satisfied. Our souls will be satisfied. And we're able to use those now as outlets to go tell others about Christ. So maybe there are some of you that are watching this live stream tonight and that maybe you have never believed in this Christ that we are pursuing for righteousness. Maybe you are pursuing every which thing. You are pursuing all these earthly avenues, and just none of them seems to satisfy. They just leave you feeling more empty. And now that you've been slowed down and forced, you're evaluating these things. What, what do I desire more? And here is my imploring for you. Here is what, here is what I just implore you to do, is come to Christ is that you turn from these ways of pursuing empty wells that always run dry, never satisfy, that you turn from that, repent of that, and turn to Jesus. Believe in him. Believe in his finished work on the cross, his death, burial, resurrection, and ascension that has overcome all of our sin for all of time and has made a way for us to have a right relationship with him, with the creator who created us, created our souls, and is the only one that can satisfy those deepest longings of our souls. Maybe there are some of you that, that are believers and that you are struggling during this time. It is, it is difficult. Here is my encouragement for you is this. His mercies are new every day. That Jesus is enough. That yes, we may be weak, we may be tired, we may be worn. But when we are weakest, he is on his greatest display of glory. 
knowing that Christ has not left us. As we said earlier, when we come to Christ and we hunger and thirst, we go to him. Not only will he satisfy our souls, but says he will never cast us out. So just know that if you are a believer that is struggling during this time, know that Christ sees you, Christ knows you, and Christ is there for you. And then maybe you are a believer during this time and you really are thriving. You're doing well and you're pursuing Christ and you're able to proclaim Christ and you are, and you are not folding during this time. Here's my encouragement for you, for us to continue to remember where our righteousness comes from. How righteousness, it is a gift from God and it's only by his grace that we can continue to pursue him, understand him more and conform more into his image. And then as we understand that and we proclaim the gospel to ourselves daily and understand where our help comes from, where our righteousness comes from, then that in turn will help us go out and to help come alongside these struggling believers and to point them to the gospel. And will help us come alongside these unbelievers who are maybe struggling and wrestling with questions of life and evaluating all these things and point them saying, there is only one that can satisfy the longings of our soul and deliver us from spiritual death and the spiritual life. And that is Jesus Christ. And that is who we are to pursue. That is who we are to long after more than the things of this world. So as it says, Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be satisfied. Let's pray. Dear Jesus, just thank you. Thank you that you satisfy the deepest longings of our soul. Thank you that no matter which way we go and which things we pursue, no matter how many times that we can pursue earthly things and pursue ourselves more in sin and rebel against you, that you still stand there with arms wide open calling us back home. That you say, all who are weary and worn, heavy laden, come to me and I will give you rest. That your grace is just so, just unmerited and matchless. That your mercies are new every day and undeserving. That your love is never ending. I pray, would you allow that just to satisfy the souls of our lives. That just that you that we will see you and see our need for you and that we will continue to pursue you. No matter what is given, no matter what is taken away during this season or the next season or future seasons, that we will still trust in you above everything else. How it says you are the same yesterday, today, and forever. That you are the savior of our souls. And we long to pursue you more. We long to make your name known Jesus, will you help us become people that desire you, that make you known, that we love you and we love people and we make disciples, that it is only by your grace we're able to do that. So would you help us? Help us as a church here at Las Casas Baptist Church. Help us as a nation to turn to you and pursue you above everything else. That during this time, people, when they evaluate their lives, they see there's only one that can satisfy. There's only one that can satisfy the deepest lungs of our souls, and that is our Lord Jesus Christ. And it is in his precious, holy, matchless, transformative name we pray. Amen.